it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard, and thanks to our partners at Cryer Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation, our weekly sit-down with the people shaping the beer industry, and through these conversations we dig a little deeper into the stories behind the business of beer and brewing. The Australian brewing landscape is evolving rapidly, and here we try and make sense of what's happening and better understand the issues and the people shaping the industry. This week we head to tropical North Queensland and visit Lyons' newest brewery, Tiny Mountain, and catch up with head brewer Dave Mullins. As with many craft brewers, Mullins began his journey as a teenage home brewer, a hobby he continued as he worked in his first career as a design draftsman, before taking a job at the pioneering Brisbane brewery Oxford Brewing Company, where he worked for a year until its closure in the mid-2000s. After a further stint in his former profession, the call of brewing became too strong, and he applied for a position on the bottling line at Brisbane's Forex Brewery. Since starting at Lion, he has worked his way up through the business to be a production brewer at Malt Shovel Brewery before his appointment to head up the new Tiny Mountain Brewery in Townsville. It's a great chat about forging a career in brewing and the challenges of opening a brewery even as part of a larger business. And one great takeaway is the idea that everything you do in your career is an experience that is a tool in your toolbox. I hope you enjoy my conversation with brewer Dave Mullins as much as I did. Dave Mullins, welcome to Beer is a Conversation. Thank you. Uh, yeah, good to be here. Mate, we are sitting here in the uh, Tiny Mountain Brewery up in Townsville and uh, <laughs> something that I never thought I'd find myself uh, saying on a podcast is, how about this heat? <laughs> Beer drinking weather. <laughs> it, it absolutely is, but it's, it, it, it's unlike... Um, we were up in Hemingway's in, in Cairns uh, for the Hottest 100 and Cairns and Townsville are unlike just about anywhere else, um, any of the other brewing destinations in Australia. It, it, it's, a, it's a very unique climate, isn't it? I think there's about 320 odd days of sunshine a year here in Townsville. And um, yeah, and when it's not raining, it's flooding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not you're not actually from around here. You've um, moved up here to uh, commission and open the brewery. Yeah, uh, born and bred in Brisbane, um, been around the place over the years, um, done some time overseas, but um, yeah, uh, more recently moved up from Sydney, been in Sydney for about seven years. Okay, I didn't realise you were a Brisbane boy, because I, I knew yeah. you had family that hailed from um, up here, so there was a little bit of a local connection, but yeah. I also knew you'd spent time you know, working for the, the line breweries down in Sydney, so... I, I, I guess let's sort of talk about that. So, you, so you're born and bred in Brisbane. Mm. How, how did you come to to work in brewing? Essentially, it came from starting home brewing. Um, yeah, as as a teenager, um, late teens, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. Um, and I became a draftsman, a design draftsman in the engineering industry, um, but massively keen on the home brewing. Uh, eventually, um, uh, you know, uh, did some travel in my early 20s. Just before we move on from that, um, and, and again, I don't want to sort of uh, forget to come back to this. Mm. So it wasn't your first calling. You, you, you left school and got into engineering mm. um, at, at, as a university student. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yep, yep, yep. So I, I did mechanical engineering at TAFE. Okay. And uh, yep, yep. And um, 
yeah, that, that landed me a job in uh, drafting. Right, okay. So what was it about beer? Because um, I'm, I'm always intrigued that if you took a cross-section of any brewing, uh, home-brewing meetup, um, there's engineers, there's computer programmers, and then there's a, a smattering of scientists as well. So mm. what was it that was it being a young, poor student and wanting the 25-cent stubby, or yeah, was de- there something de- about the, the, de- the, the process? Definitely, yeah, the economics of the, yeah, you know, the Cooper's homebrew kit. Um, but, yeah, as, as a, a young adult um, doing some travel, um, it just immersing myself in, in the different beer cultures around the world, the tradition, the history, um, obviously the sociability, the, the uh, sensory evaluation. Um, it's incredibly interesting. But that doesn't come first. You know, there's often a, a realisation that, uh, you know, whether you fall in love with the, the, the process of home brewing and want to constantly evolve that or there, there are people that do the travel and have been told that, best beer in the world comes from Australia, mate, and then they visit Belgium or <laughs> Germany or, uh, you know, other places, or I guess you're a bit younger than me, um, you know, even North America these days. Mm. Um, and then they suddenly go, oh, gee, I wonder what makes this beer different. So what, what was the awakening in you um, from the from the homebrewing days um, and, and the travel? Did you put the two together or what was the connection or what was, yeah? Yeah, it all goes together. Um, I guess the, the first part was the home brewing and then trying to figure out, well, how can I do it better? And then obviously learning about all these different wonderful beers all over the world. Um, and, and as I said, the histories, the traditions, um, the stories, um, and the the uniqueness of you know, so many different beers across the, the globe. And then thinking, well, how, how can I make beer better? Um, yeah, you know, how can how can I improve the way that I make it at home? And yeah, you know, build... were, were you all grain before you travel, or were you still in the Cooper's kits at that stage? I would have been yeah Cooper's kits for many many years, um, and then probably in my mid twenties, um, late twenties, graduated to the all grain. And, okay. and at, at around the same time, yeah, you know, when I was getting serious, that's when I started studying at the Ballarat Uni doing the um, graduate diploma. Okay. So, again, so it's always one of those questions you don't feel it you should ask, but how old are you now? Uh, 40. 40. Okay, so yeah. to, to sort of frame it, because I, I have my little creatures metric where mm. little creatures found around about 2000. So mm. in 2020, um, you are right on that sort of little creatures. You, 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 um, or, let's see, so... Uh, 20, so 38. So 38 is the little creatures metric. So you're just mm. on the other side of that yeah. where little creatures came into the world once mm. you were probably legally drinking. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, they've been a, a cl- always a classic, classic Australian beer. One of the many, many beers that, that, that are um, important in, in my uh, past. So, <laughs> so uh, okay, so, so home brewing, you, you travelled in your early 20s? Mm. Where, where did you travel to? I, uh, like many people, I did the uh, the two-year working holiday in, in the UK. Um, I, I did a uh, ski season over in Canada. Um, yeah, and so, it, it, you know, many places um, all around and in between um, on the way to and from. Especially in the UK, if the bank balance was looking good, it was an opportunity to um, get away and, and go through Europe or or wherever. It's just that, that was really, really eye-opening from a um, a, a, a beer perspective uh, it was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are some of the beers that really stick in your mind from that period I, I, I've been over to Europe a number of times since and I've been to the Pilsner Ocal Brewery 
twice over about 10 years and uh, that blew me away um, the first time I went there um, with, you know, they've got almost 10 kilometres of underground cellars and going back there over 10 years later and I took the wife with me and she was blown away as much as I was the first time I went there and I reckon I was blown away probably even more the second time I went. <laughs> was that because the second time you were immersed in, in you are working in the industry was the first time? I'd say so, yeah, yeah. A bit more awareness of what's going on um, yeah, in, in the, brewer, the brewery and the brewing side of things. And, um, yeah, but just like the, the, the story of that brewery, um, the, the way that they came about... I don't know if you uh, know that... It's the, a very famous story of Joseph Grohl yeah, yep, and the, yep. the burgers uh, wanting yep. to commission but, a brewery. Yeah, so uh, apparently there was, a, there was a lot of bad beer around back then and, and the, I think it was the mayor of the town um, got all of the beer out of all of the bars and took it into the main square and tipped it all out and said, right, let's put our money together and build a new brewery. And yeah, Joseph got commissioned to come in and um set it up <laughs> it was back in 1842 and um yeah so and like there's breweries like that all over the place fine stefan is pretty amazing uh they've been around for an awfully long time and make incredibly good beer and um yeah there's there's um a shed ton of uh, amazing car scales you'll come across in in England, and uh, you know the campaign for real ale. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so all of that stuff and more, way more. I, I should say we are sitting in a working uh, small brewery, and so uh, we will have compressors and banging going on in the background. So you, you travelled, you did the two year, you saw saw Europe, you, you, you tried beers, you were had a background as a home brewer. You came home. Um, did you go back to your drafting career or what was the, uh, the, the progression into brewing? Yeah, on and off. Um, at one point I um, thought I'll have a crack at this so I put applications out and I ended up getting a job um, back then at the Oxford Brewing Company based in Bulimba. Oxford 152, was that under yep. Bren, Brennan Fielding? That's right, yep, yep, yep. Worked with Brennan Fielding. Back in for, those days, yeah. Yeah, I, I worked there for about 12 months and unfortunately the place... Um, uh, went out of business in yep. terms of the micro brewing processes so just before we, we we talk a little bit about that but what was it that you know again just just to go from enjoying beer to to making beer there's a big step from going gee i love this thing so much i love the process so much that i think i could take this from being a fun hobby into a career that i want to do every day what what was that progression for you uh just the um i guess I, I'm the sort of person that I want to, if I'm going to spend 40 hours a week at work, I'm, I want it to be something that I'm going to really enjoy. So people have been making beer for an awfully long time. Might as well do that. <laughs> so and, and, were you married at that stage or no. anything? So, so you had the luxury of uh, being able to change careers um, and, and go back because I would imagine that a young brewer um, a young trainee brewer at uh, a place like Oxford 152 wasn't a financially rewarding. No, you, you're quite right there. Um, I, I learnt a massive amount, even in 12 months. And, and the, the fact that the, the brewing operations shut down there wasn't reflective upon the quality of the beer we were making. The, the beer we were making was fantastic. Brennan's a, a very achieved brewer. He knows what he's doing and is doing great things at um, Burley Brewing these days. And, um, yeah, we cleaned up at the AIBA um, 
with many, many medals that, that year, including a best-in-class stout. And um, so it was it, it was very good um, first chapter for me professionally. Uh, however, after that 12 months, I went back to the day job. Oh, you did? And, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And did that for a few more years until I thought, mm, might be time to have another crack at this. And Had a Mitchie Nash paddle. Yeah, around the same time, um, an opportunity came um, up at Forex to go on their packaging line thought well that's with line it's a big company um they've got plenty of breweries it's a good way to get a foot in the door and and i was lucky enough to be successful for that so what year was this because i th- from if, if my maths are right oxford 152 would have closed down around about 2004 2005 yeah maybe a little was, bit later uh, maybe 2005 maybe middle of 2005 okay so if, it was if, yeah. um it depends on my brewer's brain <laughs> yeah but, but it, it was because it was still um i mean burley was one of the first new craft breweries in Queensland when so Brendan went mm. off to um, he I think he took 18 months off after Oxford 152 closed down to get that up and running um, but there wasn't a lot around at that stage so you're pretty lucky as a young brewer wanting to or a young person wanting to get into brewing to even have found that job definitely definitely and I think probably just right place right time so um, yeah, lucky <laughs> <laughs> and Brennan's a particular character, like he's a very fastidious, has very strong views, um, makes tremendous beer. Um, did, did you learn anything from me that you've carried with you since? Definitely. Um, yeah, um, he might not remember, but he, probably, maybe he does, but no, no grain on the floor at the end of the day. The place has got to be spotless. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And having a look at this brewery, that's obviously something that either resonated with your personality as it was or it was a lesson that you've taken to heart. Yeah, look, I, I, I do like to run a tight ship if I can, especially if everything's got its place in terms of, you know, um, uh, where do you put the spanner? And so you don't waste time looking for a spanner. <laughs> that sounds like the engineer in you. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, okay, so you went back, did a couple of years um, and decided to uh, apply for the job at Forex at, at that stage. Yeah. I, I guess, so if, you, if it was a couple of years, so this is around about 2008, 2009? Uh, it's about just... Um, just over 10 years ago, I think. Okay, so yep. 2009. Yep, yep. There still wasn't a lot. Burley had opened by then. Mm. Um, Stonewood had just opened, um, but Brad was still brewing in those days. So I'm, I'm trying to think of what mm. breweries would have been open locally. Oh, uh, you had um, Brisbane Brewing Company. What was it over at uh, in the city there, which then shifted over to Wollongabba? Well, and then they, um, had, they were closed for a couple of brewing out of a, a, yeah. a, a shed in Albion for a while. Mm. Um, in, in between the, yep. the Albert Street, yep. Yeah, but yeah, as I say, not a lot around back then. Uh, the place has exploded since, since then, which is brilliant. And but, but you, you applied and I, I take it you got the job yeah, um, yep, on yep, the packaging yep. line at line? What, yeah. What do you think it was that got you the, uh, the, the job there? Was it the mechanical side or the brewing side? Well, look, I, I was studying the graduate diploma by then. Um, so I think that that's probably a demonstrator that... I'm yeah, pretty keen about beer. Yeah, maybe some of the engineering background might have helped. Um, probably some of it comes down to the right behaviours, being enthusiastic, being keen. And I think if you if you get somebody in a job, um, if, if you're hiring, you get someone with the right behaviours and they can learn whatever. But if, if, um, if they don't 
have that open-minded approach and and that enthusiasm it's a bit hard to teach people if you know maybe they don't want to be taught a certain way <laughs> yep I, I, do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. And, and maybe that helped um I, as i say i was just keen as mustard i, I actually wore a suit to the interview <laughs> which is probably way over the top but anyway it got me the job <laughs> i'm sure you would have stood out <laughs> you, you you talked about when you're talking about beer that you know it's it's sociable and and, and the flavors mm. you could have drunk beer like you could have just worked found a, a job that you loved um and enjoyed beer but you what was it about the making the beer the sort of the, the, the brewing side of it that um had you hooked that might you know saw you want to go back into it and and, and study for example uh, everything really i mean the, you, you can make the same beer in different breweries and get a different result and you know why you've got the same ingredients um but different equipment behaves differently. Um, then you can play with all these different ingredients and get way more different results. And I, it's a science in itself. It's um, I think you can work you can work in beer for your whole life and still not know everything. And there's just always so much to learn. Um, it's just I find it really fascinating. Well pick up on that um as we go along but so you, you started on the um packaging line um at, at the famous milton brewery and how long were you there for uh, about two years and um uh yeah which landed me a job um i relocated to two east down in sydney um and i was pack pack line uh team leader for two different packaging lines there um yeah looking after a team roughly of about 15 people uh, did that for a couple of years and then um, at that time a um, brewer position at the malt shovel came available and um, so I jumped at that opportunity and um, yeah um, ended up at the malt shovel. What did you learn working on the packaging line for such a long period? Um, oh gee um, it's pretty incredible um, yeah I'm sure you've been to many big brewery tours where you're watching a, um, a, a 116 head filler running at 50,000 bottles an hour or something like that. It's just, it's an amazing sight, you know, with all that beer. <laughs> yeah. But um, that sounds like the engineer in you again coming out, that sort of uh, process. Yeah, yeah there, there is definitely a lot of process. And, and yeah, um, everyone is very important in that process from, um, you know, the beer coming out at the filler to you know, the cartons going off um, at the being yeah, at the palletizer, and it's a big production line. And um, yeah, I learned a hell of a lot from that environment. And um, yeah, um, some of it was tough to learn, and some of it was great to learn. And but it all stays with me. Is there stuff that you apply standing on the brew deck here of a you know twenty five heck um, brew house that you know? Having had that experience, you, you, you call to mind um, the the way I look at it is that you know, and maybe you can understand this, but every sort of um, chapter in your life, you've you've learnt a different thing, and and you end up with this big toolkit of all these different skills, and um, it, it it feels like setting up this brand new brewery, commissioning everything, um, get it getting it running smoothly. I've basically had to call on every little bit of knowledge from all of my experience to get everything done 
which it's um, yeah, I pretty much used up everything in that toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how long uh, did you spend at uh, the Malt Shovel Brewery, and and who, which brewer did you uh, train under there, or did, did you work under there? Because that was obviously your first, outside of um, your job in Brisbane. That was your first brewing role. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so and um, a much different brewery to the assistant brewer role that I had at the Oxford One Five Three, the Oxford Brewing Company. But um, I started out with um, Jeff Potter. He was the head brewer, followed by Chris Sheehan, followed by Hayden Morgan. Uh, I started off as a brewer, did that for a few years, and I became the production brewer. Did that for a couple of years. Um, at, at Malt Shovel. Yes. Yeah. It, it's an interesting thing, and all of this will come back to your role at Tiny Mountain, but. Here, you're a brewer. Like, mm. You're not the quality brewer, you're not the production brewer, you're not the head brewer, you are... I'd probably say that I'm all of those things. That's I what I was going to say, yeah. We're wearing different hats at different times of the day and maybe for two minutes or two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what did you learn uh, down at the Malt Shovel Brewery? Oh, that was um, uh, an incredible uh, time of my life in terms of professional development and, and um, you know, being a brewer. Um, the place has evolved a lot over the last five years um, since I was there. And um, so, you know, the importance of, of um, having a really good team that works well together, having good technical knowledge, um, having great equipment and um, getting um, processes and consistently brewing top quality product. I guess that in a nutshell, but lots and lots and lots of things. Yeah, I mean, five years is quite a while. It, it, it's, it's a long time. And, I mean, over that time, the brewery hasn't stood still either. Every time I've been there, there's been constant things moving around. Because it, it, it's – can it fit any more in the, the, the brew house, do you think? It is pretty tight, yeah. I don't know, maybe they could build up or build down. That's <laughs> the uh, West Connects tunnel underneath. <laughs> Might be able to put a cellar in down there. Um, yeah, the the, the the brewery is very dynamic. The, the the product range has multiplied and multiplied over the last few years, and um, with that comes a lot of complexity of um, how you achieve making certain beers, and and also at the rate of which you need to make them. And yeah, I was heavily involved in that. I, I guess you could say, certainly as production brewer, and uh, it was it was great to see that unfold and um um yeah a great experience so explain the production brewer's role in a in, in a bigger brewery like that and it's still a very small brewery like it, comparatively it's a small brewery but in a bigger brewery than you've got here yeah i guess um the colloquial term was brewery mum <laughs> <laughs> in that it's um organizing everything coming in and out of the brewery so all the raw materials coming in all of the finished stock going out trying to coordinate maintenance um casual labor even uh, obviously a lot of admin invoices and um ordering uh, just yeah lots of uh, scheduling production as well mm-hmm. um and i guess lots and lots of talking to everyone and plenty of phone calls um lots of emails just coordinating much brewing not, not really, no. no. But, so, so you're not actually the yeast strangler, but you're the people and facility manager. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to put it. So, the the production brewer role uh, at the the malt shovel brewery when I did it 
was different to what it is now. Okay. Uh, there's been a bit of restructuring in, in the um, business. And there's the, the brewers, the um, production brewer, and then the head brewer when I was at the malt shovel. But now the production brewer has become the lead brewer and um, and they're basically like the head brewer. Yep. So uh, the term head brewer is no longer in, in the malt shovel brewery. Um, okay. But it, you could probably think of it as the same thing. Yep. And, and I mean, all of that is sort of coming because... When you come walk into Tiny Mountain and, and see the brewery, it's a 25-heck uh, three-vessel system. It's automated-ish um, in, in the sense that you've got a bit of control on, on the control screen. But it, it, it's still a lot about touch and feel as it is about automation. I think um, so the automation is um, you know, plenty of automatic valves, especially in the brew house. But there is uh, a lot of manual um, stuff just like any brewery this size You've got to hook up hose connections everywhere whatever process you're doing i've got a um a mobile cip set um a, a pump on wheels with a couple of reservoirs um and that's got to be moved around to the brewery in different areas for whatever cleaning process we're doing and again with a portable pump and a portable filter set um yeah, there's a lot of manual operations in the brewery. Uh, it's pretty hands-on. Um, yeah, if, if you've got a step counter on your watch or whatever, you, you're going to knock out a 1,000 steps <laughs> each day pretty easily, I reckon, and that's probably good for the um, carbon offsetting of the beer you drink later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every brewer you speak to comes at it from a very different um, uh, you know, approach, and a lot of guys who fell in love with home brewing and were, you know, all grain brewers in their garage and went pro from there i don't like using the word craft but the feel that you know that that's a very much the 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 feel of brewing and the rule of thumb where you're sort of going on gut feel like a like a um a chef often does but then it's also science and the the replicability and the, the chemistry that goes on and the understanding of the composition of your ingredients that makes that, that, that process um, quicker. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a marriage of um, many things, but definitely science and definitely art and definitely passion. And so you, you, can, you can calculate on a spreadsheet um, a, a brew, but without the knowledge of ingredients, you know, what malts to use, what hops to use, you don't really know how it's going to turn out. And, um, you know, I think uh, as you evolve as a brewer, you learn and understand more and more different aspects of beer and brewing and, um, and you can make better quality beer. So let's talk a little bit about Tiny Mountain. How did you, did you put your hand up when they said that they wanted to uh, put a brewery up in far north Queensland? Was, was it sort of yes, please, or were you tapped on the shoulder? Probably a bit of both, to be honest, but um, I think... It's always appealed to me um, for for the simple reason that, gee, how often does anyone ever get to start a brand new brewery up? Um, and to do it with line, it's probably a pretty safe way to do it. And um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a, a brewer's dream typically. Um, and um, I love the location, and um, I am a Queenslander, so it's good to be back 
north of the border. No, north <laughs> of the border, although it's a, it's a good deal north of the border. And uh, <laughs> it, it, as we said at the start, it, it, it's a pretty sticky place to, to be working. So I noticed that you and Nick, um, you, your assistant, have uh, got the shorts and the uh, quick dry shirts on. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it sort of uh, mitigates the uh, humidity. It's beer drinking weather. That's the way I see it. <laughs> Let's talk about um, the, the beers you're making up here, because one of the thing, the other thing that fascinates me uh, about the Australian brewing industry is, you know, the, the, the distance from Melbourne to here. Um, you, you're pretty much flying right across Europe and halfway across Russia um, when you think of what, what, you, what you're passing over, and yet mm. we've got a fairly um, homogenised culture um, by and large, but yet. Climatically, it's it, it's vastly different, um, and the beer drinkers' expectations up here, as they're sitting under a, a, a rapidly swirling fan um, with you know 107 percent humidity, is going to be a little bit different <laughs> from um, the, the the beer drinker, even even in summer down in Adelaide. So, when you came to approach the task of designing beers up here, what what was your approach? Got to have a, a very um, open approach and so um, th- there's a lot of um, commercial beer sold up in this part of the world and so uh, I guess there's opportunities for people to learn more about different beer styles um, but I think bearing in mind though um, when you look at craft beer in, in Australia it's less than 10% of the beer market really um, you could also say that it's like that anywhere and so I guess part of the way that I think about it is that gee I learned a lot and had a lot of fun traveling around the world trying all these different and cool beer styles and um, there's a lot of people who have never drank a sour before for example so why don't I try and you know use this brewery is a bit of a platform to help um, educate people and, and about beer and uh, have a bit of fun at the same time. I think I'm making some beer which is um, a safe choice in terms of fairly approachable but I'm also making some beer that's um, pretty cool in, in that it's got a bit more kick and a bit more punch and in terms of flavour and aroma and yeah, maybe a bit more challenging um, for, for the hopheads and, and so I think you, you've got to try and find that 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 sweet spot, a bit of balance between the two. Yep. And um, um, I've got a, a mini kit out the back, which I'm, I'm hoping to um, uh, get fired up very, very soon. And that's going to give us a bit more artistic Did you license. to purloin from the uh, Camperdown Brewery, the James Sky Brewery? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> very fortunate to be able to do that. And, and look forward to um, firing that up and then really getting freestyle and you know, have the brewers tap on and, um, and see how... Th- things go with with all of the various beers that we'll release through that tap and um, get some feedback and 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 have a bit of fun there's always a little note of apology um, in brewers when they describe a beer as being approachable and it's almost the hangover of the 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 craft beer movement where beer is meant to be a challenge you know i've describe beers as being some beers as being a little bit like abseiling it's meant to be an experience and not a pleasure um it but, but when you're sitting here i can't imagine that you know aggressive west coast ipas quite apart from the, the, the market not having not having those beers established in the market but it, it's not a beer that you're going to sort of sell 
up here, I wouldn't have thought. I think you'd be surprised, Matt. And okay. um, yeah, yeah, um, um, we've sold through a batch of um, what we call your BIPA, and uh, which is, I think, a pretty cool name. That was a big beer, and then like there's. There is um, a pretty cool beer movement in Townsville. You've got the um, the home brewing club. Um, you've got the tap house. You've got the Townsville Brewery, and they're all, you know, uh, there's a lot of people interested in great beer. And okay. and um, um, I love going to the tap house. I don't get a chance that often these days because I'm too busy. I <laughs> uh, wish I had more time. I had a, um, a red IPA at the Townsville Brewery with Sam. Um, a few weeks ago and it was pouring magnificently and um, could have happily drank plenty of that except it's about 7%. (laughs) (laughs) But is that Dave the beer lover saying that and then so looking for for, for the strengths you know is that reflective of the broader Townsville market um, in in, in terms of their styles or is it still the the, the lighter lagers that are popular and then they're starting to come into some of those summer ale type beers? I think it's um, kind of wherever you go. You, you're, like say, if you go to a party, there's always going to be people that want to drink, you know, Forex Gold or or Great Northern, and then there's going to be people. Well, hopefully, Iron Jack. It's <laughs> <laughs> going to be people that are interested in drinking wine, and 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 um, some people might have soft drink or water. Yep. You know, there's always going to be that that spread. But the thing is, you know, as I said before. Some people have never tried a sour before, a kettle sour. And I've, I've got one here, and I, I think it's awesome. And I'm obviously biased. 3.8? 3.5. 3.5? Okay, yeah, so right um, on the mid-string. Yeah, and, and um, it always seems to get a really positive response. Um, I, I, um, I had a conversation with a gentleman uh, recently, and he was standing at the bar. I couldn't make up his mind, and um, so I got small tasters for him of each of the different beers and told him about it and he would I think he told me he would normally drink VB it was something very commercial yep. and he ended up out of all of the beers picking the sour to um, to get a schooner of okay. and um, yeah I thought that was awesome like just that he, he was open to um, you know try new things and then he was actually surprised by how much he enjoyed trying something different. It's a great style, and it's a style that I'm not surprised would be doing well up here. Even the guys at Brewdog said that um, Brisbane was their biggest market um, outside of mm. um, Scotland, outside of the Overworks, um, because it, it's got that mid-strength, it's got a lot of flavour, but that sourness also has that nice refreshing quality, particularly with that fruited uh, yeah. character. The way that I've brewed it, with the kettle souring process, I haven't gone all the way. I've um, stopped it at about three and a half pH, which you can get them a lot sour, a lot more sour, and a lot more tart than that. But I've kept it um, a little bit less sour and tart in that it keeps it a bit more um, uh, gentler on the palate. And and then certainly with um, some fruit addition, I've got mango and passion fruit in it at the moment that um, rounds it out a little bit more. And I, I think it's probably a lot more refreshing to try it that way certainly in the uh, heat and humidity up here and, and i believe that the plan is to have the sour on year round but then alternate the the, the fruits and looking at local fruits yeah absolutely so um yeah the, the, there's i'm working on the next release at the moment and um i'm not sure how much i can tell you about that <laughs> but um yeah if we can mix it up 
you know, probably quarterly. And um, so we're definitely due for the next one quite soon. And um, and I guess if we can tie into the, the what, what fruits are, are in, in season at any time of the year, that'd be great. And um, I definitely want to try and keep that fruit sourced locally. And, and um, there's a lot of sense in that. And um, yeah, yeah. How hard is it you know, when you come from a, a production brewer role of a um, brewery such as you know malt shovel, and then suddenly you start experimenting with fruits, and you, you don't quite have that same control. Is a little bit more of the art than the science, I'd imagine. Yeah, some of it's a bit suck it and see, you know. Um, <laughs> quite literally with the fruit. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. You could think of it. Um, educated guessing sometimes um, but um, um, yeah I've, I've got a I've got a good network um, of brewers that I can check in with and ask questions when I need to and and um, so far um, it's been a little bit uncharted to you know get the mango and passion fruit um, and but everything's worked quite well and I've actually been very impressed and happy about how it's turned out so it's just one of these things I think you grow confidence you do it more and 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 um, things turn out how you want (laughs) so talk us through the range so you've you've got the sour you've got a a lager yeah just a nice clean honest uh, all malt lager yeah no it's got a bit of rice in it a little bit okay I guess you could call it a rice lager yep um, but it's only uh, what's the malt bill maybe 15-20% uh, rice so okay. you can, I, I can certainly smell the rice um, as, as I smell it yep. uh, as I smell the beer um, and was that to lighten the body sort of give it that sort yeah. of almost Japanese import yep. character yep 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 and um, yeah some people might even allude to um, pre-prohibition style American lager okay um, you know when the Germans went across to America uh, they had to play around Traditionally, with um, uh, I think the story was a bit, bit of corn uh, and a bit of rice, probably more so corn. Yep. But, um, yeah, just uh, the sugars you have. Yep, yep. Uh, we've got a Pacific Ale, um, and um, there's quite a few Pacific Ales on the market in, in the market now. Um, so Galaxy Hop Summer Ale. Galaxy and Vic Secret. So it's a bit of a. Um, a, a a twist yep. on the Pacific Ale, and and it's got a bit of wheat in there as well. So you might even suggest that it were a little bit of an American wheat beer slash Australian pale ale slash Pacific Ale. But um, um, anyway, we we're quite happy to call it Pacific Ale, and it does drink very well. Yep. What's your core lineup? Uh, yeah. So the the sour, the lager, the uh, Pacific Ale. Uh, at the moment, I've got a um, a dark lager, um, which is called Sunset Castle. Uh, it's a basically uh, a schwartz beer um or a, a, a dark lager um okay. yeah does that harken back to your time with brennan fielding who was uh very famous for his uh, schwartz beer no well to be honest no it doesn't it's it's a recipe that i sort of developed myself and uh with um the help of uh alistair uh, down at the byron brewery and um yeah and <laughs> it was funny brewing that one because from the first day of fermentation through to the day I kegged the beer, looking at the colour of it, tasting it in the fermenter, um, I was always sceptical with it. And then by the time I tapped it uh, and tasted it at the bar, um, I was really quite chuffed with how it turned out. <laughs> Why is that? What, what were you sceptical? You just didn't think it was coming on the way that you wanted it to? Yeah, it just um, um, seemed a bit lacklustre. 
and uh, the colour of it as well threw me. I thought it was always going to be a dark beer when I brewed it, and then you know you get the yeast in there and throws a bit of haze, um, and it, and it dilutes the colour. And I guess looking at it in a smaller glass than a schooner, <laughs> um, so the beer always looks lighter. But by the time, yeah. In, in the keg and then pouring at the bar all of the flavours and aromas amalgamated together um, and the bitterness was very very low but just yeah really really enjoyable beer I, I guess that's where there's no chemical formula for beer and that's where the art comes in that you you'd... exactly yeah yeah and like you know as I said earlier you, you can do beer for your whole life and, and keep on learning <laughs> How has a dark lager been accepted this far north? Um, I think um, for people who like dark beers, they're really enjoying it. Um, I'm told by Tim, the venue manager, it's um, like last week, yeah, it went really well. Um, and um, I think it's really important to have a little bit of diversity in your tap range. So, you know, a dark beer, a light beer, a lager, an ale, yep. mix it up, cover all bases. So it's important to have that beer there uh, on offer I, ho- I hope i can make more of it but um it just depends there's a lot coming up in the innovation plan for the rest of the year and that's an interesting thing so we're sitting here towards the end of uh february which almost um confusingly is starting to come in to the northern tourist season as opposed to everywhere else in australia where summer is the peak period um so you're actually gearing up having been open for three months you're now gearing up for what you expect will be the peak yeah as i say so winter is i guess considered the tourist season and i think um generally you'd probably go winter through till christmas time uh it should be pretty busy time of the year for us uh, which i'm looking forward to and um really get some throughput be able to brew heaps more beer (laughs) and it will and you've got the football season starting with the local Mm. uh north queensland uh cowboys yeah yep yep and so i've been lucky enough to brew up a beer for the stadium and uh cowboy castle cowboys castle actually uh, a colch and uh, i'm pretty happy with how that's turned out and um elton john is in town this weekend playing at that venue for the inaugural event and it will be on tap so i can't wait to have a few i'll be there <laughs> you, you you get tickets to uh, elton john for, for yeah. brewing the beer uh no i, I bought them before. Oh, you bought them, yeah, okay. Yeah, but I never, never thought of that angle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I made the beer. <laughs> but but you, you are working closely with, um, I guess, for, for a venue such as this, being seen as being part of the community is a big part of what you do. 100%. It's, it's very important. Um, and as I say, we've only been open for a few months and, and I really look forward to um, building relationships with the locals. And, um, yeah, uh, I think... Um, one of the things that um, was really quite enlightening uh, for the wife and I when we moved up is um, within that first week, we just kept on saying to each other, I can't believe how friendly the people are up here. <laughs> <laughs> and how have they greeted the, the opening of the venue? Because it has been three months. It was over the Christmas period. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone really well. And I think um, even... So I'll tell you a story that the first time I came up here, which was... Uh, uh, maybe 18 months ago to check out the site and to see if it might be the right thing for myself and the family. Um, but I was walking around the, the, the site and taking a couple of photos and a gentleman just happened to be walking past in the street. He um, said, 
to me, you know, they're going to build a brewery there. (laughs) (laughs) And from that moment, I I just sensed there's always been a lot of excitement about a new brewery in town. And um, certainly um, there's been heaps and heaps of interest. And and meeting and greeting all of the tradespeople involved in the build of the site um, it was a lot of fun, and, and all of those guys were um, uh, really enthusiastic about helping out building this brewery. And um, yeah, even so much as um, I, we were doing some concreting one day, so I got to do a time capsule and um, took some photos of everyone. And um, that they're in the time capsule, sort of like a um, yeah, footy team photo with the names uh, front row, left to right. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's buried in concrete somewhere, is it? Yeah, there's a plaque at the, at the back in the loading dock. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, a tiny time capsule. <laughs> we, we can't let you go without explaining the name because it's a, it, uh-huh. it very much pays tribute to, to, to the area. Yeah, so it's um, surprisingly no link to uh, Tony Mountain. <laughs> uh, it's just a uh, in-joke here, but... Um, uh, so there is um, a rather large hill just down the road. Uh, we can see it from the beer garden quite clearly. And um, it's called Castle Hill. It's about three metres short of being called a mountain. So uh, apparently the locals here for a long time have regarded it as the tiny mountain. And that's what the brewery is named after. And uh, I think it's a, a, a nice way of capturing um, you know, a, a, a fun place to come and drink great beer. You've obviously got the merch stall over there. You, you're very much playing on being a, a part of local community with that local name. And I believe one of the items of merch has outsold everything. The uh, the budgie smugglers, <laughs> which are a, a, a bright green sort of turquoise colour. Um, yeah, so I, I think people have come in and, and you know, as I say, it's, it's, the brand itself is is aimed to be sort of light-hearted and fun adventurous and um yes it was quite interesting and funny that uh the budgie smugglers sold out (laughs) first thing to go (laughs) so uh what's in the tank at the moment just just before we let you go so we've got there's um a lot of pacific ale because um we're getting ready for a bit of a a launch okay um outside of the brewery so hopefully retail that um in the local area um, there's um, plenty of lager. There are two main selling beers. They're going like a horse race, neck and neck. But Pacific Ale's just ahead at the moment. Yep. Um, there is um, this week. We're going to do a uh, another tank of um, Cowboys Castle, the Colch, uh, to um, get ready for the footy season coming up. And what else have I got? There's um, half a tank left of uh, sessionable one, a session IPA. So that's been pouring at the bar for a while. Uh, we've run out and going to put it back on into a serving tank. Sounds like it's finding a market up here, or those styles of beers, because as you mentioned, the, the tap house that has been the flag-flying uh, venue for craft beer up here with a, a lot of the, mm. the beers from around the country. There is the, the, the brewery up here that's been around for a, a long, long time, but arguably hasn't really been sort of pushing... The, the beer space but it, it, it sounds like you with hops and sour you're really getting a bit of latitude to to explore yeah yeah definitely and and um let's hope that continues to develop and um uh, i'm sure it will especially when we get the mini kit up and running <laughs> and start getting a bit more freestyle just before i let you go dave any regrets from moving on from the, the engineering background the drafting background and uh 
you know, taking the... Sorry, did you say something? Yeah, no, no regrets? <laughs> Definitely not, no. I reckon I've got the best job in the world. And does your wife agree? Um, if I spent more time at home, she probably would. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a demanding role. Yeah, yep, yep. And I guess um, uh, because I love it, uh, it's easy to fall into a trap of spending a lot of time at work and um, yeah so it's been a busy few months obviously getting a new business up off the ground and um, but I think now's the right time to um, sort of step back a little bit I've got an assistant brewer now and and plenty of processes are are in place so we just sort of refine those as we go and um, keep on chipping away. Terrific well uh, it wasn't early enough for me to have a beer when well when we started this interview but I think it's uh definitely a respectable hour now so we might go try some of those beers and dave mullins thank you very much for being part of this uh, beer as a conversation thank you very much cheers and that was tiny mountain head brewer dave mullins radio brews news is proudly presented by cry malt with over 25 years in the field Cry Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. Your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au.